Luke says that as the crowd experienced that wild scene on the first Pentecost day, quote, all were amazed and perplexed. They were bewildered, it says, in another translation. The wind, fire, the mixed up languages wasn't just surprising. It was confusing. It was, it was jarring. What happened to that community was more than just odd. It felt disorienting. That's the word that stuck with me as I wrestled over this story this past week. If there ever was a word that describes what our world has been through over the past 15 months, it's disorientation. And if there is a word that we could each use to describe what we have individually gone through in some form or another, well, it's that same word, disorientation. But here's the twist this morning. That very same feeling of disorientation, according to Acts, can actually be our key to hope and promise and new direction. I think it's important to remember where the observance of Pentecost comes from. It does not begin here in the New Testament. Its origins are not from the Christian faith. It comes from a Jewish observance called the Festival of Weeks, which Christians later adapted and renamed Pentecost. And the Festival of Weeks and the Festival of Passover went hand in hand, side by side, one shortly after another. Think of Passover and then Pentecost as a single story with two acts. In Passover, the Jewish people remembered their slavery to Pharaoh. Their, their bondage in Egypt, and the moment that God saved them by leading them through the Red Sea. That's Act 1. But 49 days later was the second festival, the Festival of Weeks, in which the Jews remembered that in the middle of being disoriented in the wilderness and, and disorganized in the way they were to live together in community, and so discouraged that they wanted to go back to Egypt, back to what they thought was normal, that's when they came to Mount Sinai, where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And that moment on Mount Sinai is what they celebrated at the Festival of Weeks, a new future, a new identity, a new community. So you have liberation at Passover, disorientation in the wilderness, and new direction and a new destiny at the Festival of Weeks. And that very narrative became the basis for Christian Easter and Pentecost. Liberation at the empty tomb through the work of Jesus Christ. Disorientation from the early Christians who had just watched Jesus ascend into heaven, Christians who had not yet figured out how to live in a new kind of community together, culminating in the, in the confusion of languages, disorientation on almost every level, and then a new direction and new destiny given on the day of Pentecost. As I shared in a sermon last year in the Psalms, noted Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann, says that one of the most common movements throughout the entire Bible, particularly in the Psalms, is threefold. Orientation, disorientation, reorientation. 
The Israelites in the Exodus and the Christians at Pentecost both discovered that disorientation, as hard as it is, is an important part of the journey to maturity. That that feeling of lostness and confusion and wilderness is often how God helps us to find a new way to live. And it is only through disorientation that we discover that that God does not want us to go backward, back to the way things were, but to move ahead to a new and exciting way of being. And that, friends, was not just true for the Israelites and the early Christians. It is true of nearly every major biblical character, from Moses to Esther to Mary to Paul, and it is true for each of us. We begin with orientation, all of us do. We develop a certain way of living, with predictable routines and reliable perspectives, and then something disorienting happens, right? Which which totally unsettles us to the core. It upends our way of thinking and living. It makes us uncomfortable. Sometimes it's painful. And we think to ourselves, all I want is to go back to the way things were before, back to normal. Richard Rohr calls this the, quote, liminal space a place of transition, of waiting, and not knowing where we are between the familiar and the completely unknown. He says, our old world is left behind while we are not yet sure of the new existence. And it becomes tempting to want to go back to normal, back to the way things were before the disorientation, just as the Israelites wanted to go back to Egypt. But the Bible reminds us that instead, God is with us in that disorientation, not to move us back to the way things were, but to reorient us towards something newer and healthier and more mature and more more exciting. That's the story of Pentecost. Think about how this has been true in your own life. I mean, as different as our stories are, as varied as our backgrounds are from each other, I bet we can each tell more than a handful of stories of when we were going through a difficult, disorienting time in our lives. And and we can say now, in retrospect, that that feeling of disorientation served a greater purpose than we realized in the moment. Think about what it was like graduating from high school, just like the graduates that we are honoring today among all of our students. Remember that transition from being a teenager to a new life of making your own choices and and that feeling of independence. And, And think about the moments when it felt disorienting in that transition, not recognizing that you had to live in that space between the familiar and the unknown in order to move into an exciting new way of being. And there may have been times in your early adulthood when you have wanted to go back in time, back to normal, back when you were younger, back when it was less stressful, back to the way things were before. But God had something brighter for you ahead. Think about a time in your life when you felt like you had hit rock bottom, when you were at wit's end in terms of your relationships or your future or your finances or your health or your grief. Remember how all of that felt disorienting, recognizing now, in retrospect, that life was never meant 
to go back to the way things were before, but instead a way that leads you to becoming stronger and, and more purposeful and more intentional. After the sermon, you'll hear a story about one of our own members, Thad Baraday, whose season of disorientation involved a cancer diagnosis, a painful divorce, a recognition of his alcoholism, and spending time in federal prison. But amid that disorientation in prison, God showed up and reoriented him, not to bring him back to normal, back to the life he once knew, but a life where now he is on fire for God with a passion for helping people who are homeless or fresh out of prison, for those who are fighting mental illness and substance abuse and advocating for criminal justice reform as a leader in our new justice ministry, which you'll hear about shortly. And Think about how disorienting this season of the pandemic has been for you and your family. So many of our rhythms and our routines and our plans and our dreams and our perspectives have been completely upended. And I know that for so many of us, including myself, the phrase that we have been anchoring ourselves to has been, we just want to get back to normal. But what if God doesn't want us to go back to normal, just as the Israelites were not meant to go back to Egypt and the first Christians were not meant to go back to Golgotha. What if God is using this disorientation to move you and your family to some new way of living and being and relating to each other that is full of new purpose and new passion and new gratitude and a new set of priorities for living? And I can't help but think about how this applies to where we are as a church. Not just this church, Hyde Park United Methodist, but the church around the world. This has been a liminal season for the church of Jesus Christ. Even before the pandemic started, the religious landscape in this country was daunting. A growing number of people choosing to identify as having no religious affiliation or being done with religion more than ever before. I mean, long gone are the days of Christendom when we could assume that all we had to do as a church was open our doors and expect the unchurched to want to come here. And then the pandemic put us into a season of complete disorientation about how we would do the work of the church and how we would redefine how we would stay connected with each other. And now, even as we emerge through this pandemic, this story of Pentecost reminds us that today is not just the birthday of the church. It is a chance for this church and for every church to be reoriented, to not go back to the way things were before, but to reemerge with new passion and new purpose and new methodologies to go deeper and wider and to be more united. And that means dreaming and envisioning new ways to do the work of the church. In Peter's sermon to the Pentecost crowd, he quoted the prophet Joel, quote, in the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Since 2018, 
God has been leading this church through disorientation, calling us to dream and vision what a post-Christendom, post-COVID church can be. It has forced us to innovate in the ways that we stay connected, to reach out to the unchurched, and to plan changes in the way that we do discipleship and worship and missions. Pentecost is happening in this church, not by returning us back to the way things were before, but by reorienting us to a newer, stronger, and more dynamic way of being the church in the future. Every change we make as a church enables us to go deeper and wider and to be more united, to deepen each of our commitments to Jesus, to widen the reach of God's love to the unchurched and to those in need, and to be a church united in mission to make God's love real. Yeah, going through disorientation is hard. This liminal season between the familiar and the unknown is hard. Just ask the Israelites in the wilderness. Just ask the first followers of Jesus. But you know what? Here's the promise of Pentecost. And it comes straight from the end of Acts chapter 2. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and they had all things in common and they would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple and they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Let's pray together. God of Pentecost power, once again, you are pouring out your Holy Spirit on all of us. And you are enabling each of us to dream and envision a new way of being faithful and a new way of being the church. God, you are with us in our disorientation. You are with us between the familiar and the unknown, and you are calling us forward with courage and with faith. So strengthen each of us who are going through the wilderness. Guide this church into new ways of reaching the needy and the unchurched and empower us to go deeper in our commitment to your son, Jesus Christ, in whom we are united in faithfulness and love and in whose name we pray, amen.